This episode was recorded earlier this year during the first UK lockdown. Some references may not be up to date with current COVID safe rules and restrictions. Visit gov.uk for all up-to-date information regarding rules and restrictions in your area. Hello and welcome to my podcast Voices with me, Sally Morgan. But you may know me best as Psychic Sally. In this series, I will be speaking to strong, powerful, inspirational people about their lives. And um, I found that actually coming out and being honest and true about who I am and myself was the most liberating part of my whole journey. It was literally the best thing that I ever did, and I'm so happy that I did it. In this episode, I sat down with my gorgeous friend, Duncan James. So today I'm with actor, musician, musical theatre star, the lovely, the one and only Duncan James. Hello, oh, Duncan. Lovely to speak to you again. It's been a while. It has, darling. And I have to say, you're looking younger. I mean, what's happening here then? What's happening? Because it's been a few years. And here you are. You're, you're a Peter Pan. You're looking younger every time oh. I see you. And, and I'm loving the artwork on your body there. Oh, I've got a lot of tattoos these days. Since I last saw you, I'm, I've added some, some more tattoos everywhere. And... Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, I went and saw my doctor the day, he gave me a little bit of filler just to top up, because I'll tell oh. you what, during lockdown, I was thinking, oh my God, my face. Oh, well, I this need, everything goes south. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I'm, I'm, I'm booked in to have the same done, darling, when I get five minutes. So it's really interesting because um, people don't know you any longer as Duncan from Blue, but obviously you were. How did you get into the boy band? How did that happen? So, uh, wow, uh, like 21 years ago, I auditioned in the back of the stage magazine, which is what we used to basically get for any type of auditions and work in my business. And I saw an article um, for a band, a management putting a band together, and I sent off my demo tape and my picture, and I got an audition. I went to the audition. I met Anthony Costa. I met Lee Ryan. And um, there was a few other guys there in, in the audition as well. And we all got shortlisted, basically, with two other guys. There was five of us. And little did we know that the audition was for Virgin Records. And um, basically, on the day we were meant to sign our record deal, the record company turned around and signed me, Anthony and Lee and axed the other two guys on the day we were all meant to be signing. And then we went out on a search to find a fourth member. And that's when we got signed. Wow. And how did you feel? Did you... You, of, of, you couldn't have had any idea of how huge you were going to be, but was it like, ex, how exciting was it for you? And did you get on with the other guys immediately? Yeah, we all got on really well. But what was what was scary was because of the way that the label just got rid of those two guys on the day that we were all meant to be signing. I think we all lived in a little bit of fear for the first kind of year. Even when we had established the band and we had our first number one, we were still all scared that, we could be replaced at any moment. And that is that fear that, that we had inside us, I think gave us the, the ability to keep going and, and wanting to do more and more and more because we were all living in fear that any moment this could just end. And do you think that was, um, do you think that was deliberate of them? I mean, very clever tactic, wasn't it, if it was? But do you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say it was deliberate, but what I would say is that it was very, it was very well done from their part. I don't think they initially wanted to to let things play out the way that it did. But because it played out that way, it gave them total control and put us completely under their thumb. Mm. And how did you get out? Did you 
have to leave them eventually because you were so stifled. I think we did we did five years of solid work around the world where we, wow. we didn't really get a day off. We just work, 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 flying, flying, flying. Uh, we had huge success all over the world. And I think after a while, we had just complete burnout. We just wanted to have a little bit of time to ourselves. And we said, let's just take two weeks off. And two weeks ended up being two months. And then two months ended up being years. And, um, you know, we didn't really have a, a strong enough manager to... We, we became like sheep that all went off in different fields. And we didn't have a good sheepdog to round us up. And effectively, that's what you want in a manager. You want somebody who's really good at bringing you all back together. And we, we, um, we kind of just went our separate ways for many, many years. What I found really interesting when I was thinking about your intro, and it was a bit like years ago, and perhaps when we last spoke, I would have said, oh, you know, the gorgeous Duncan James from Blue, but I don't even think of you now in that band, with all due respect to the other fellas. It's a bit like you are your own person. You have, you've evolved into this amazing person that really is capable of so much more than you ever thought. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I still, I still, I guess, will always have the, the name Duncan from Blue and I still get, if I walk down the street, people go to me, oh, that's, that's Duncan from Blue. I hear yeah. that, you know, so <laughs> my, name, my name still is from Blue as my surname to a lot of people. But as you said, yeah, because I've done so many other different things in the industry and I've had the opportunity to be musical theatre, television presenting and all sorts of stuff like Hollyoaks. So, I mean, I've had an opportunity to not just be Duncan from Blue and I've, I've had an opportunity to, you know, have Duncan James as my well, name. Well, this is it because you're, this is it and you're, you've, you've stretched yourself and you've, and you're really, you're the most amazing actor Oh, I mean, man. seriously, you, you really, really are. And I can see, I'm not, I'm not here to give you a reading, darling, but just a little bit of a Sally Morgan prediction here. Um, I, I actually think that there's a massive acting job about to come up. Have you just done some auditions or something? Um, do you know, things have been a little bit weird um, because of this whole corona thing in lockdown. I've had a couple of self-tape auditions and stuff, but um, I literally just got off the phone to my agent and he just was saying to me that, no, no, none of us know what's going on with theatre at the moment. The whole panto industry this year has been cancelled. And, you know, we all rely on doing a bit of panto at Christmas because it pays yeah. really well. And, um, and so that's gone this year. But theatre-wise, um, you know, I, I was very lucky to be touring with the Rocky Horror Show last year playing Frankenfurter, which was my dream role. I loved it so much. Um, but, like, now everything has gone a little bit quiet because nobody is being told what's happening with theatre. And, of course, you had your tour that you were on that just had yeah. to stop. And, you know, none, none of us are really kind of in the know of when things are going to be opened again. And how, it, it is scary, but how does that, like, you've just said, I've got three very, very, very good friends that rely on Panto. And as you've just said, it's been cancelled. We knew this last week. One of my friends was talking to me. And it really, it chokes me. I mean, it's, isn't it? Isn't it? It's never going to be the same again, is it? No, I mean, it's really scary how, you know, we, we, we took so much for granted in our everyday life. You know, we would just go to a theatre or a cinema and, or an aeroplane and sit next to a complete stranger and be breathing normally and, you know, not even worrying about having to disinfect our hands or cleaning everything. But now, like, for instance, I love going to the gym and the gyms have just opened up a couple of weeks ago, which has been great to be able to get back into a gym. But, you know, the whole the whole process of cleaning the apparatus as soon as you use it and cleaning it after you use it, 
mean, if you think about it, it's actually really hygienic to do that anyway. Because, you know, you go into a machine and people have been sweating and coughing and whatever all over it. And it's dirty. And we never thought about that, really. So in a way, you know, it is a new way of looking at life and a new way of accepting life. But in a way, it's it's much more hygienic now. And and with, with lockdown, have you found that your creative uh purpose you could say do you find that you you are thinking differently creatively I mean I, I don't know why I'm looking at you and it's probably because I haven't seen you for a while and it's a bit like oh my goodness me are you writing a book then it's a bit like I've, I've I'm looking at this creative side to you I don't know if you're writing a play or if you're if you're involved with some sort of script but I think for you that your creative side you're evolving again uh, is am I right well you know I've I've always been a creative person and I've always been very lucky that I've had that creativity inside me since I was a little boy whether it be songwriting or coming up with ideas for things so I guess during lockdown it's given me a lot of time it's given me a lot more time on my hands than I normally have but you know what Sally my biggest downfall in life is I am quite lazy in many many ways I kind of um a lot of people have that real you know right today I'm going to get up and I'm going to write two chapters of a book where I'm going to I'm going to go this today no it's got to grab you no it's got you've got to be in that moment you've got yeah. to be in that moment and I've got to feel right and mm. you know a lot of the time with lockdown especially because we've had we have had quite nice weather and it has been quite hot and I've been you know feeling like oh I feel so lethargic today oh what am I going to do I don't want to do anything I just want to watch the telly and that's not normally like me because I'm always doing something so mm. for me to have a you know being a bit like just moping around the house in a way is because I've got nothing else to do and I do feel I need a project and you're right what about and and what about do you find do you have to have singing lessons obviously you are a singer there's that side to you as well this this musical side to you do you have singing lessons no I don't I've never really had singing lessons I've always been I've, I've always looked after my voice quite well whether I'm doing a show or whether I'm about to go on stage with the boys you know I, I do lots of warm-ups and I'm, I do protect my voice and over the years, I have, you know, um, abused myself with drinking and smoking, but I've knocked all that on the head. And like for me, I, I haven't even picked up a, a cigarette for like six months now. And I was oh, never brilliant. a smoker, but I was one of those people. Let's go down the pub, have a couple of pints. Oh, somebody's got a cigarette. Oh, I'll have one of them. So I was more of a mm. social smoker. But like now, like even the thought of having a puff, it just turns me off completely. It makes me feel sick. So that is a good thing that's come out. Yeah, yeah. And um, you just spoke of the boys. Just uh, excuse my ignorance. Are you still singing with them? Are you still doing gigs? I mean, out of COVID, I mean, but are you still singing together? To be be fair, Sally, you know, next year effectively is our 20th anniversary as Blue. So we were meant to be doing some little bits and bobs for that. But because of COVID and everything, everything's kind of just been... Put on the back burner so I'm not quite sure what's going on with that at the moment I know that um everything is really uncertain with the live industry so nobody's knowing about gigging um and you know like theatre we were talking about but actually getting together in an, in, a, in an arena or a theatre to watch bands uh, watch musicians play is still uncertain as well so unfortunately my kind of everything that I do for work is, is really up in the air, which is really frustrating. It's really frustrating me. Isn't it? But you see that you are, you're, you're quite lucky when you look at um, the musical side of you, because you can do outdoor gigs, can't you? Yeah, there is outdoor gigs. And that's something I'm, yeah. I'm going to be looking at as well. And, 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen with, with Blue, but I mean, it would be nice to do a little something to, for the fans for our 20th anniversary. So, yeah. you know, we'll have to see. Well, you, um, you're, you, you've, you just still have all the girls screaming after you. <laughs> it's the boys now, Sally. It's the boys. Wait, it's the boys. Well, I was going to touch on that. I was going to, that's a very nice intro. That was done purely by mistake. Because you did, you've, you've come out, haven't you? And you're, you're, you're now openly gay. Um, and do you have a partner? Have you, got, have you got a boyfriend? Yeah, I have got a partner. He's called Rodrigo. He's a gorgeous um, guy that lives in Belgium. He's actually Brazilian. Um, oh, but he's wow. lived in Belgium for the last five years. And we met when I was doing a gig two years ago in Belgium. I was in Very Brussels. exotic. Yeah, I was in Brussels with the boys in a, um, at this classical pianist um, concert that we were invited to sing. And I met him at the bar and we just, you know, got on, had a few drinks, exchanged numbers and then went on a series of like dates for the following kind of six months. We met up in Paris for a weekend, went to Amsterdam for a weekend, he came to London. So we started dating in a really nice organic way. And then we just said, should we just, you know, make this official and get together? And we, we've been together nearly two years now. So it's, it's been lovely, really lovely. So do, do, so he's over in Belgium, is he, in your home? Yeah, so that's, that's been difficult for, for us because during lockdown, um, he was locked down and, and Europe was locked down before the UK got locked down. Um, and obviously then we went into lockdown. And because I've been in quarantine with my mum, you know, we've, we've been very careful and worried about yes. everything because my mum is... She's in her 60s and, you know, I, I worry about her health issues as well. So, you know, the last thing I want to do is be potentially bringing Corona into the house or, you know, having Rodrigo coming over on, a, on an aeroplane or, or a train and, and being, you know, around yeah. that. You've got to stay safe, haven't we? So I didn't see him for four months. So that was really tough, really tough. Oh, so do have I got to buy a hat then? Is there going to be a wedding here? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to watch this space. So, did you find that when you were in the boy band, there was a lot of pressure on you to be straight or to be seen yeah, to be definitely. straight? I think I think when you are in the public eye and you are, per se, in a in a boy band and your fan base is predominantly female, you know there is a lot of pressure to um, because that that's your bread and butter. There is a lot of pressure to. You know, as as a band, that's what you have to sell to. So you don't want to isolate your market and your audience. So, you know, it was very much a question of, you know, just we don't talk about that kind of thing. We keep it really quiet. And um, I found that actually coming out and being honest and true about who I am and myself was the most liberating part of my whole journey with everything that I've gone through because I was so scared about uh, coming out and you know alienating fans and letting down a record company and letting down the other boys so for me coming out was literally the best thing that I ever did and I'm so happy that I did oh, that's that's I'm that wonderful to hear darling number one is the new perfume by Sally Morgan a fresh and floral fragrance with a sensual subtle musky base just £15 and the perfect size bottle to pop in your handbag. Available exclusively at sallymorgan.tv. Darling number one. But what I do look at it as is an opportunity for me to be able to help other people in the LGBTQ community. And I've done a lot of work um, with many different campaigns um, and worked with many different charities which have um, issues for people in the LGBTQ community who are fighting to come out, who have not had the 
safety to be able to come out or the safety net. So I've been able to do a lot of work and help a lot of other uh, young people, especially um, to, to, to work with them and to help them and make them feel safe. And I've done a few really amazing campaigns um, which I've been oh, that's wonderful she's been great so for me that has been the most rewarding thing about coming out because I, I don't think many people realize that coming out in certain communities and certain cultures you, you just said it's safe that they're, they're not safe to do that literally they could they could be harmed physically harmed and people don't there's a lot of people that don't realize that so I think to be it like yourself to be able to work and help those people. I think that's incredible. I mean, it's a lifesaver. Yeah, I think what's really sad is, you know, we do live in 2020 and we are a lot more accepting around the world um, of LGBT people. But there is, unfortunately, some countries and some religions that are really, really, really anti. And actually, what's really sad is, you know, you, you've got people still out there who are still frightened to be who they are because of the abuse and um, the backlash that they're going to get from either family or friends or or, 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 or people in their religion or, or country. So a lot of people, you know, are still really, really frightened to be able to be who they are. So they suffer in silence and that's never a good thing. Oh, well, I, I think that what you're doing there is just, it's, um, well, it is inspirational. It's, it's wonderful. And I think that how lovely for me to see you're so happy and you're so um, fulfilled. Yeah, we've got COVID at the moment, but I think that if our personal life is, is okay, then, I mean, that is something really to cherish and you're very happy at the moment. And that's wonderful for me to see that. Aww. What are your, what are your dreams and your aspirations and what do you think is ahead for you with your future? I was quite um, in, a, in, a, in a really kind of positive place with everything that was going on before COVID happened. And then obviously, like, everything just stopped. Um, and actually, a lot of people processed the whole lockdown in a different way. But I really embraced it in the sense that I enjoyed spending time with my family, my mum and my daughter, which was amazing. But then it gave me the thought of, well, actually, what am I, I going to do? Because I was, always, I was always busy. I was always working. And because I'm, I'm an only child... I'm not used to really just standing still and being on my own. I'm always used to being around people or doing things. So, you know, the first couple of months, it was great. But then it's that moment of, oh, my God, what's, what's, what am I going to do now? What, what, you know, what, what's going to happen? And it's that panic. Um, so, you know, that was always, that's been a bit scary. But I think everybody's been feeling that as well. And there isn't a lot of um, opportunities to do things right now. But I know it will get better. I know things will happen. And I think my dreams for the future is just to be able to keep doing things that I love, being able to work and um, still having, a, you know, a, a presence out there and, and being on a, a stage. Doing yeah, well, that's definitely. Something like that is what I love. And, and I, I never want to stop being um, an artist in that, in that way. And, and who, who would you say inspires you? Who, who do you look at and you think, oh gosh, that's the reason that I've got to be doing what I'm doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have um, a, a really talented little girl who's now 15. And she is really heavily involved with ballet. And ever since she was a little girl, she's always really proven that she loves and wants to do ballet. She's about to start um, her final year now at, at the school she's at. And then 
after this, the world is going to be an oyster. She really inspires me because she's such a young, um, a young girl, but she's got so much determination and so much focus for somebody so young and her drive and passion is just massive. And actually, when you're looking at your own offspring, you see that love, passion and real determination. It, it makes me go, wow, you know, I really admire but her. She, but when you, that's wonderful that she inspires you, but she gets that because of you. I mean, I know her mum's good as well, but she gets all of that drive and her creativeness with her ballet and her love of stage and her need to be doing that to feed her soul. She gets that from her dad. Yeah, and I've always had that same drive and passion. You know, even when I was her age as well, I had that. And I think as you get older, you know, you sometimes not necessarily lose it, but it, you do take the pressure off yourself. You do take the steam off. And you think, well, actually, I'm... I'm in my 40s now. I'm, I don't have that mm. that necessary drive or, or or focus to want mm. to keep striving for stuff because you just think, oh, I've done it now, or you know, I've I've I want to just relax a bit more. But actually, what's really great watching her, it gives me the the drive to go. Come on, you, you know. You're still not past it yet. You've still got a lot of years ahead of you, Duncan. Absolutely. You can still... And you want also, you, you, it's it being a parent, and you're such a good dad, you've always been an amazing dad. And I think that, you know, being a parent, we we want to um, sort of inspire our, our kids. We, there's nothing better than our kids looking at us adoringly and thinking, I want to be like my mum or I want to be like my dad. And I think that she can see your success because you've had a lot of success and there's still a lot more to come. I'll, be, I'll talk about that in a second. But I, I think that um, it, it, she she is looking at you wanting to do her best to please you. So you're you're feeding off of one another, which is perfect, perfect. Um, I, I, I want you don't mind if I if I give you a little reading. No, do you? of course not. I'd love that. You know, I love my readings I, from you. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, because I, you know, I when I when you as soon as you came on, I could feel that you were with somebody that you love very much, and he loves you very much too. So I think that um, the first thing that jumps out of me, and it's very much to do with February of next year. That's not his birthday month, is it? No, but it's my mother's and my daughter's birthday month. All oh, right. So something to do with you and your boyfriend happens in February around those dates. And it's very, very celebratory. And I do think that you both end up living together. So you'll never have that situation again where, um, you know, you're being kept apart by something. There'll be like um, your own property. I know you're living at your mum's at the moment, but you'll have your own property. And even, I mean, I want to say the dreaded word, but even marriage, I think that, and for you, you see, because you're an inspiration to so many people that, um, you know, they look at you and they think, well, I'm going to come out too. They say, why Why shouldn't I? Look, it's it's okay. And I think that... Um, there'll there'll be this this amazing wedding that you will want to celebrate because you'll be inspiring others that it's okay to do this um there is something to do with television i know they're not making anything at the moment because of all the the social distancing but you'll do some work with tv to do with um a series okay that's interesting um i don't think it's a soap okay um i think it's like a drama okay it's not a huge role, but it's big enough for people. At, it, it'll be probably annoying to the the people that are the stars in it. You could say because you'll get all the you'll get all the publicity because you're really going to handle it well. 
and you'll get offered more work because of that. How are you with scripts? Are you okay at reading scripts? Yeah, no, you I, 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 enjoy, I was very lucky because of Hollyoaks. I did two years there and you're learning scripts every single day. So that was a great experience and a great practice for me. Because you'll look at the script and they'll want your thoughts on it. And you could be a little bit confused. So the script, I think, is a very, what I call heavy, the subject matter. Okay. Oh, interesting. I'm going to really, I'm really going to put, you know, my reputation on the line here a little bit. It'll have something to do with a murder. Okay. And, um, and but you're, you're really shining it. Oh. You're really shining. What you've got to, what you've got to watch when you do it, that you don't, Try too hard. What do they call it? Overacting. You're going to be, and they'll want you to be as as normal, as regular. But you're, it'll be something. It'll open so many doors for you. Brilliant. Um, I think that your your daughter's going to get into where she wants to go. She's going to win um, a, a sort of a scholarship. You could say she's going to be about seventeen when this happens. I'm interesting. I'm seeing a couple of years ahead for you know about seventeen. She's going to win a scholarship, and I think that. She will, um, I'm looking at Eastern Europe and possibly Russia for her. She'll do like, um, uh, what do they call it when you go like, like not a sabbatical, an exchange, that's it. She'll do like an exchange. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. And she's, she's going to become like a principal ballerina. Yeah, I think she's got all the, I think she's got all the making to be one. It just, I hope she just stays injury free because that's the biggest problem with ballerinas. You know, they can get injured and that's it at the end. Yeah. Who, has she got a brother? Is, is there somebody called Josh? Not that and there's no one called Josephine, is there? There's a boy called Joe that she dances with at school. Um, Joseph. Oh, Joseph. And does she, she's with him a lot, is he? He is a, a boy. Yeah, he he's she's with him a lot. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, she's with him. Yeah, they dance quite a lot together and they kind of um yeah, they've done a lot of stuff together, those two. They pair up really yeah, I can I'm looking at him. They're very much they've got a very close relationship to do with their dance. I'm looking at that. I'm I'm looking at him. So it's been absolutely wonderful chatting to you, darling. It's wonderful catching up and you know the the most brilliant thing for me is to see how happy you are um, and to see that you're still motivated and to hear about all your new projects and me with the work that I do being able to see a little bit further and I'm looking at still huge success for you so um, thank you darling so much for talking to me today thanks for having me on Sally I've really loved talking to you and it's been such a lovely way to catch up again and um, let's not leave it so many years next time no, and let's all go out as soon as we can get out. Let's go out to dinner. Yes, that'd be long. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Join me next time with another exciting guest. Don't forget to download, share, and subscribe. <laughs>